1: Welcome to The Driving Podcast. I'm your host, Lorraine Sommerfeld. In this edition, we're tackling a topic that is at the top of the headlines these days, auto theft in Canada. Whether you've had your car actually stolen or not, I can guarantee you that you're paying for what the insurance companies are taking on the chin right now. I'm joined today by Brian Gast. He's the Vice President of Investigative Services at AQTA Association. AQTA works with law enforcement law enforcement and the insurance companies to try and get a handle on what has just become a skyrocketing issue. Welcome to the Driving Podcast, Brian.
0: Thank you very much and thank you for having me.
1: I I think what I'd like to do first is for a lot of people when we picture car theft, at least until recently, it was kids grabbing, you know, a joyride and taking off, maybe robbing a house or something, you know, egregious. It's changed a lot. Can you give us an idea of What's kind of transformed in the auto theft industry over the past five years or so?
0: Yeah, it is. It has changed. I mean, when I was in policing uh, many years ago and started my career, vehicles were being stolen for just what you mentioned, uh, commit other crimes, joyriding. But in the last few years, there's been a significant shift, uh, partly because of the supply chain issue uh, where new and used vehicles were difficult to get. And now organized crime groups have taken advantage of that that market that demand, and uh, we're starting to see uh, other countries targeting Canada for stolen vehicles so they're fe- they're stealing vehicles for the purposes of main purpose of export and that's something that we haven't seen uh, and it's really ramping up over the last couple of years
1: now, something I don't understand is the u s and Canada have essentially the same vehicles they have way more of them. How come Canada has become a target
0: yeah and i mean we work with our partners in the us a lot uh nicb is an organization like like ours Uh, they also work with law enforcement a lot of the vehicles that they see that are being stolen are being stolen for different reasons Uh, and you're right canadian vehicles are being targeted and there's there's many reasons for that Uh, they found a way to utilize technology to steal the vehicles as well as they found ways to get them out of the country and uh, that coupled with the demand overseas is a, is a bad formula for Canada.
1: I'd like you to break down for people what vehicles now stand as a currency uh, in the crime world for lack of a better term i don't think people understand as you've explained you've explained to me previously the cars themselves it's not about so much stealing a car and now someone's driving that car there's a lot that's going on with the level of crime and cars have become a currency that we previously didn't see can you speak a little bit to that about the kind of crimes that we're not really seeing
0: yeah and it's a good point i mean a lot of these organized crime groups are not just dealing with stolen vehicles they're also engaged in uh, drug trading, uh, weapons, a variety of things. And then these vehicles themselves, you can call it trade-based money laundering, you can call it uh, commodity-based money laundering. The vehicle has become a commodity and it's a way that these organized crime groups are funding themselves, uh, not only funding organized crime, but funding terrorism as well. And that is a shift. Uh, You're starting to see these vehicles being used not only as a way to make money, but then to commit further crimes when they make it to their destination, and that could be a variety of things. It could be uh, we work with Interpol a lot. Uh, They have a very good website that uh, describes some of this, talks about uh, vehicles being used as car bombs, uh, vehicles being used for smuggling, drug trade, just a lot of different things. So these vehicles aren't just being stolen. Uh, To make money, but they're also being used to commit other offenses, which uh, obviously is a significant concern.
1: And I think a lot of times we have the mindset that if my car gets stolen, the insurance company provides me with a new one. And we have to change that thinking. I don't think people are understanding that the vehicles are being stolen and used in trafficking and drug stuff and, you know, in organized crime. So there's more reasons than just, oh, damn, I'm out my car for, you know, a few weeks there's a more important reason to need to stop this. Why, and I know I don't know if we're going to argue about this or not, but why is Canada so porous? What are our weak spots? Where are they going in Canada and why?
0: Yeah, and I, I do want to clarify, I would say the number one bucket of vehicles that are being stolen are the newer, higher value vehicles, uh, the SUVs, the uh, sedans, and pickup trucks. Again, newer model, higher value. Those are the ones that have are being sought after by uh, the international groups that that are looking for these. But there's also another market, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. And that's the revinning. A lot of these vehicles are being stolen, in addition to for export, but also to be revinned. So revinning is simply the they're taking the original VIN that's in your dashboard and along your your door, that is a public VIN. Uh, accessible and it gives the identity of the vehicle. They're fraudulently revinning that, so putting a a false VIN uh, over top of that or replacing it and making it appear that that it's a legitimate vehicle. And this is the consumer, we talked about it's more than just a vehicle theft. Now you're talking about uh, consumer protection where individuals are thinking that they're buying a used vehicle and uh, a legitimate used vehicle and in fact, it's a stolen vehicle. So once it's identified as a stolen vehicle, the money that they've paid out uh, is lost, as well as the vehicle gets seized because it's truly a, a, a stolen vehicle. So not only are the vehicles, and we'll get to that, but we're, not only are the vehicles leaving Canada, but uh, they're also staying domestic uh, throughout. Every province has this issue uh, where there's there's revend vehicles, and uh, that's a that's a growing concern. And again organized crime groups taking full advantage of the supply chain issues, very difficult to get used in new vehicles. And uh, they're, they're, they're preying on unsuspecting consumers for that. Then you talk about how do the vehicles get out of the country? So any way that they possibly can, they're very creative, they're very adaptive. They don't just uh, list it on the on a shipping manifest that uh, says this is the stolen vehicle that we're, we're shipping they they disguise it they they alter records so the the main way in which the largest volume of vehicles are are leaving the country are through the ports Uh, they've tried to get them drive them across the border in trucks but again you're talking high volume so what's the easiest way to get the most number of vehicles out of the country right now they are targeting the port the ports
1: So are we, is Canada, and I don't know if you have the answer to this or not, but should we not be um, tightening down the ports? Because it sounds like a very, very tiny percentage get caught and the rest just go through. And I know they're probably more concerned with what's coming into the country than what's leaving. But shouldn't there be some kind of initiative to stop this?
0: Yeah, and, and and again, this solution is not one organization is going to be successful on their own. It's collaboration. Uh, I was honored to be part of the uh, Peel Regional Auto Theft Summit that, that occurred on Friday. And one of the biggest things that came out of that was the awareness and uh, private, public working together. Uh, everybody has their part, and I'm sure we'll get into that as we discuss too. But we currently do have have uh, partnerships uh, at the ports um and then it's just really building on that, those partnerships identifying uh the vehicles that are leaving the organized crime groups behind it the destinations there's just so many things that go into the intelligence that uh, that drives that that uh right now these organized crime groups overseas with obviously domestic networks and uh, again not all of these some of these are home, homegrown uh, organized crime groups as well that are profiting off the vehicles uh, within Canada and I say vehicles within Canada I would say the number uh, one province that's being hit the hardest would be Ontario uh, followed by Quebec and Alberta and there's, there's reasons why that is uh, ha- some has to do with the Port of Montreal the proximity to it as well as the GTA high high volume or population with a high volume of, uh, of the targeted vehicles that are, are sought after overseas. So um, to answer the question, it's really building and working together to identify some of these gaps and uh, trying to work together to really make it more difficult for these groups to get them out. If you really cut off the supply and the demand, hopefully the demand would dry up um, a little bit because right now we're seeing a year over year increase for the last six years where it's been on the rise. We need to flatten that line and then uh, start uh, declining the thefts that are occurring in, in Canada.
1: You, you mentioned the revinning thing, which is keeping things on domestic soil. And I know in Ontario they had some inside workers that they charged with helping them at Service Ontario booths to do the revinning, which is pre- pretty gross. I mean, c- come on. It, it, we're used to people that are, you know, doing this on their own. When they've got help on the inside, that's going to make it obviously easier for them. What can a consumer do in that circumstance? How can you make sure that you're not about to buy a revind vehicle?
0: Yeah, so we're very strong partners with uh, uh, Carfax. Uh, Carfax, it's a it's a product that uh, you purchase a report. If you're in Ontario, you also have the used vehicle. Um, Package it gives you some information. It's really doing your due diligence. We're uh, MTO Ministry of Transportation of Ontario are strong partners w- w- with us, trying to identify some of these gaps with uh, the ability to uh, have people register these vehicles, and they're very creative in which in the way that they do it. But uh, really, it's for from a consumer perspective, really doing some due diligence, looking at that Carfax report looking to see if you're buying a vehicle that uh, has never been in Ontario before, and uh, you're seeing that it's having oil changes in California, uh, there's a strong possibility that that is a revin vehicle or a clone vehicle, which means they've captured a VIN. In So a VIN is a vehicle identification number, 17 digits uh, on your dash. They've cloned that. So there's really two of those vehicles of the same VIN operating in North America. So then it's working with our partners to identify which is the legitimate vehicle and which is the uh, uh, stolen vehicle. But as a consumer, really just doing some due diligence, uh, looking at that Carfax report, looking for the red flags. Uh, if if the deal's too good to be, to be true, uh, be cautious, report all suspicion to to law enforcement, don't take matters into your own hands and really if if they're meeting you at the at a corner don't provide you any information about who who they are as a seller uh looking for cash those are all flags that you should be really cautious about um again if you're if you're buying it from a used uh, licensed dealer OMVIC regulates those dealers but if you're buying it from somebody that's holding themselves out to be a dealer which we would call a curbsider there is no protections with that so it's really Do your homework, know what you're buying, know what you're buying, who you're buying it from.
1: I think the short, the shortages have made a lot of people who would usually be very cautious, maybe a little less. So people are getting desperate to try and find cars and they're not finding deals anywhere because of the same shortages, but no matter how desperate you are for a car, the same rules still apply. Be really, really careful and everything Brian just said, what you should be checking and I feel, I feel for people. I do, because I don't think people go into something intentionally trying to get ripped off, but the climate right now is so difficult for a car buying that they just feel cornered on every side. I swear.
0: Yeah. And, and maybe I could just add one piece of that. Cause I don't want people to think you. that only the, the, the revend vehicles that are stolen are being sold at discount prices because they've adjusted to that too. There, some of them are being sold at uh, what, what the price should be, which takes one of the flags away. But, uh, again, now you're even more victimized because you've just paid even more. So just because it doesn't have to be a rock bottom price. Uh, It could be right within the range that you think it should be, but obviously that's just one area. Continue to look at the rest of the things that they just spoke about. Price is only one factor.
1: We are starting to see um, more and more places offering. This is how to not get your car stolen. And there's like lists of things you should do, but, The actual manufacturers, I think they should be playing more of a role here. And we've spoken before, you put out the top 10 list every year and top 100 list of most stolen vehicles, which we'll talk about in a second, because there's really good information in there when you know how to read it. Um, Why aren't auto manufacturers stepping up? And in most cases, they already have the tech in the cars. They just refuse to activate it unless you pay a subscription. And I know the whole industry is heading towards subscriptions. I know I will always hate it because I think it's a scam. But a lot of times our cars, we've seen this with Hyundai and Kia in the U.S., they just hadn't activated the anti-theft thing. It was up here. It wasn't down there. Why are manufacturers so slow? Do they just want to keep selling more cars? Or is it, you know, am I just looking for the dark side here?
0: Yeah, no. So the auto manufacturers were actually part of the summit on Friday, which was really good to see them there. And they spoke. They spoke of some of this. It's one of the things that Canada has done. uh, Back in 2007, 2008, they mandated that uh, all vehicles have to have onboard uh, anti-theft immobilizers on them. So it started out with the ring key and a variety of different methods, and it's evolved over time. Uh, In the States, that's not the case. They're not mandated to have that. So those vehicles that were being uh, uh, targeted didn't have any anti-theft device. So it was a simple, I mean, I won't give you a how-to guide on as to do it, but if you've seen YouTube uh, on how simple it was to steal those vehicles, and, and then they made the adjustments. And that's and that's the challenge too. So we have an open um, dialogue with the manufacturers. They are looking for what are the vulnerabilities as vehicles are stolen, what was a vulnerability, and then they will take that back and they will work on it. It is a process and we would love to have all manufacturers participate uh, with our with our group within law enforcement and equity that uh, when vehicles are recovered have uh, have the uh their engineering uh, take a look at the vehicles that were stolen and really identify some of those those vulnerabilities that are being targeted and, i mean a good example of that would be a key fob a key, we talk about the relay attacks and i'm sure we'll talk about that in a bit but a, um, a method of turning a key fob into a sleep mode that doesn't emit anymore is one area that that can be done and has been done that uh, prevents some of these types of theft, where the vehicle that key fobs not emitting the radio frequency. So, it, it, it's a challenge because technology has advanced so fast. Uh, there's many methods in which vehicles are stolen. Uh, you plug one uh, one 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 area and then they uh, uncover another one to steal it. So with every convenience becomes vulnerabilities. And really it's any vehicle with a push button start uh, of convenience that uh, a lot of what we're discussing has to do with um, is, is the push button type uh, vehicles.
1: Which I've been on the record forever is hating. And sometimes I have to get my points in where I can, but uh, they make me crazy. Um, we're gonna go to a break in a second, except when I, when I look at this whole conversation of anti-theft and theft protection stuff. To me, it starts with the manufacturers and the car. If we stop it from being taken, then it's not going out of the country. It's not ripping off the insurance companies. People aren't getting hurt if it's, you know, a violent jacking of your car. So instead of sitting at the bottom of Niagara Falls saying, how are we going to catch this? They could stop it at the top. Like, I really believe that most of this could be solved up there, All the other stuff we're fighting, I, I think of the resources and everything going into catching stuff at the bottom of Niagara Falls instead of stopping it from going over at the top. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break and come back and you can tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> well, we'll be more with the driving podcast in just a minute. And we're back with the Driving Podcast. I'm your host, Lorraine Sommerfeld. My guest today is Brian Gass. He's with Ecute Association. He's trying really hard to stop your car from being stolen out of your parking lot, folks. And it is an uphill battle. Uh, Brian, there's a recently a story a couple weeks ago where I believe it was Illinois, somebody with a Volkswagen, their kid was in the back of the car. Someone came and stole it. Now, they hadn't subscribed to Honda's or to VW's Where Are You thing or whatever it's called. And a sheriff went to, to VW and said, You have to give us the information. There's a kidnapping here. They said, No, my boss won't let me do that. Well, the the blow up you can imagine there's a missing kid. VW has the the way to find them. They didn't. So now they announced last week that all new VWs, you'll get this this service for five years for free. I think they learned from Dieselgate that they better act fast and they better do it immediately. But Honda had a similar issue last year, I think. They said they didn't know where the stolen car was, but a lot of them, they've got the tech they know. And unless they've got their thumb on you and you've been paying the subscription or there's a kid in the backseat, they're not going to do anything. Do Does every manufacturer have all this? Could they do this? They, they track you all the time.
0: Yeah, and every every model will be different. Every manufacturer will be different, depending on on the on the uh, model that you have in the and the uh, package in which the vehicle was purchased. Um, again, this is an area that uh, we've had really good dialogue with the uh, manufacturers, and it's something that they're very aware of. Something uh, that they would be more versed, well versed in. And uh, my main point with, with this is that collaboration, cooperation, communication uh, with as many of the car manufacturers uh, as we possibly can to make them aware that this is more than just a property crime. This isn't just a a vehicle that's being stolen. This is a much bigger issue than that. And uh, we've had some really good traction uh, over the last few months uh, in in this area. And uh, I I agree that uh, if there's a way that the vehicle can't be stolen in the first place, that uh, that is a great uh, that's a great start Uh, it just amazes me the sophistication and the technical ability that these criminals have to be able to steal a vehicle in ways that you would couldn't even imagine would be possible but uh, some of these individuals are highly intelligent uh, highly trained uh, in uh, as physicists they understand uh, how electronics work and they look, and they're able to find workarounds. So uh, it, it, it's it's shocking how good they are at uh, finding vulnerabilities.
1: I, I do want to go into that in a minute or two because I know consumers need to hear um, all the places they might have a might have a weak spot. And I love the fact that you said it's not just a property crime because I think that's really important to remind people of. We've seen in Quebec, um, they're pushing their rates down because some of the insurance companies are putting that t- tag system, which is a, an immobilizer, and it traces where your car is. Um, I'm probably not describing that very well, but it's a tracker. And it's a tracker system that apparently is very good. And the insurance company itself is saying, you drive this Land Rover, I don't know what they're putting it in, folks. I'm guessing that's one of the ones that gets stolen a lot. So the insurance companies are saying, okay, we'll pay to have this put in. It's about 500 bucks, 400 bucks. And now I saw a bulletin a couple of weeks ago that Aviva and traders here in Ontario are going to launch a similar pilot program. Again, they're going to try and stop the theft where it starts instead of doing that. Do you believe this is the way we're going to have to go? Is the only way to protect our vehicles to add in? a high end thing. Cause that makes me cranky. If I buy a car, it's supposed to be fairly safe, but the insurance companies, it's like, they're not waiting for the manufacturers to do it. They're doing it. Do you think we're going to see more of this?
0: Yeah. And, and that's something that we're, we're closely monitoring. We have the Ontario association of chiefs of police uh, there, there subcommittees that are very interested in, in this trend that's occurring in, in Quebec. Uh, versus ontario it's not as widely adopted in ontario as it is quebec so now i'm talking about tracking services and uh aftermarket third-party tracking services and it's just not tracking services it could be it could be a uh, obd so an onboard diagnostic port lock Uh, just anything that makes it more difficult to steal the vehicle and then having uh, it more widely spread so working with FISRA, which is the ontario regulator and uh, the PNC insurance industry, trying to make it more available to consumers in Ontario that uh, it makes it harder. So one thing with, with some of these tra- tracking services is it does a couple of things. Uh, they are aware that that vehicle has a very sophisticated tracking service uh, attached to it. And uh, it's been evidence that uh, there's an occasion where they will see a vehicle that is equipped with such uh, devices. And uh, they will bypass it and look for other areas that aren't so prone to, to having those. And they will travel uh, significant distances to find pockets where there are not so many vehicles with some of the things that we're discussing today. So it is, it, it go, all goes back to that layered approach. Not one of these is going to be successful. But uh, if you, if you add a few layers, I mean, not talking about turning it into Fort Knox uh, and take, taking a half hour to, unlock every device that you have to, to go to the, to the corner store but there are certain things that you can do that, uh, that that makes it harder for the criminal to steal your vehicle
1: does it ever feel kind of depressing or crummy that everything we're doing to take care of our vehicle is really just asking them to steal someone else's
0: yeah and that's really where that public awareness piece comes in it would be great where like like you said i would i would Stand behind the fact that this is an organized crime uh, groups that are behind this. They have found a way to make money at it. It's all driven financially, and if there if we could dry that up, uh, the demand would drop, and they would uh, they would hopefully just get out of the stealing car business. Oh, and, and I, I'm not naive. Vehicles will always be stolen, uh, but not to the degree that they are in the last few years. It's it's to the crisis uh, point uh in canada and uh we just have to identify not make it so easy for them so that public awareness piece is is great if if people did take precautions uh and and you probably won't be surprised there's still people that leave key fobs uh, in your vehicle uh just to make it very easy they hide it they hop in and uh they start it up and uh, off they go so it's uh it's, it's that it's that consumer awareness piece and that's why really one of the main focuses is is, uh, in November, December, when we do the top 10 list, is that awareness piece?
1: Okay. So I have a car, it's a little hatchback. No one's going to want to steal it. Plus it's a manual transmission, which I figure that will stop a lot of them. Um, But if I drove a spanky gleamy new SUV, which is what they want, Go through, what are the things I can do? And I know we keep telling people, if you have a garage, take the garbage cans out of it in the hockey nets and put your car in the garage. People are not, most of them won't do that. But we know to lock it. That key fob, can you just break down? And I I know we're moving beyond um, the relay signal boost. That's old time. Like that's passe, it's not happening. But what should people be doing? Where are the weaknesses in just your average car sitting in the driveway right now?
0: Yeah, so like you said, I mean, the garage is a great one. Not everybody has a garage, and even if they do, they, they, they can't clear it enough to get vehicles in it. So what do you do if that's not the case? So really, we we talk about that layered approach. The more that you can do to to protect your vehicle, and uh, to your point earlier, hopefully they just don't go to your neighbors and, and steal their vehicle. Hopefully the neighbor takes the same precautions, and, uh, and they get just totally frustrated and uh, do something different. But... Um, it's really, I mean, as simple as the steering wheel lock, uh, making sure you park in a well-lit area. If you, if you have a couple of vehicles and one is more susceptible of being stolen, park it closer to the building and block it in with something else. Um, having um, a kill switch, and whenever I talk about this, make sure that you do it professionally just so that your warranty isn't voided uh and this goes back to your point a a simple electronic kill switch or a mobilizer uh if they break into your vehicle or get access through uh, a signal boost uh, they still can't steal start the vehicle which is uh ultimately what we want um this so an or an onboard diagnostic port lock so what that is Every vehicle under the steering wheel, or most vehicles under the steering wheel, will have an OBD port. And its intended use is if you have a problem with your vehicle, you take it to the garage, they plug in, they do a diagnostic check to see what's wrong. Uh, The mechanic will determine what is wrong with your vehicle. The criminals also have access to uh, information that are devices that can plug into that port and reprogram a a key. So reprogramming fraud or crimes is, is significant. Probably one of the main methods in which vehicles are stolen in the GTA of Toronto is the reprogramming theft, and uh, that is uh, is significant. So there's a, a lock that you can put on top of that OBD port. Some people go as far as uh, putting a a, uh, a bracket over around their tires, just sort of like what the uh, if you park in a, if you park in an area that isn't parked, you you get uh, your tire Kaboop. And then uh, even a steering wheel or a steering uh, or pedal lock, people put pedal locks. Like you said, if you can't get it, if you can't uh, maneuver the vehicle, you can't drive it away. So, again, those are a lot of the different ones. You don't have to do them all. But uh, there was a pretty good video from somebody's door cam a few months ago where the individual was so frustrated with trying to steal the vehicle. He sat on the step because he couldn't defeat the number of things that were were being uh, presented to him and uh that 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 was a good image
1: <laughs> and say i like that except then i get really angry that i buy a car that costs a fortune and cars cost a fortune now and i am expected to go through all this stuff and those clubs they weigh a little i you know some people can't maybe wrestle those into position and i know it's It's a game we're trying to win, but it's a game most of us don't expect to have to play when we buy a new vehicle. And I've heard that some thieves will put an Apple AirTag on a car to find it later. They'll shop at, you know, an exclusive shopping mall. They'll go, oh, that's the car we want, and then follow you home. So this is so much bigger than just getting ripped off for your vehicle. I think it's kind of scary. And I know Brampton just did a thing. They're giving out Faraday pouches to a bunch of households, and we spoke about this. And you said, "Well, good for trying, but the thieves are beyond that." How f- you've always told me that they're ahead of what's going on. Will they be able to beat immobilizers in time?
0: You know what? I, I, would, I would. I'm surprised they got past the uh, OBD, uh, the, the diagno- or the, uh, the the reprogramming. When they moved into the uh, relay attacks, uh, it's even evolved. So. That that does defeat one area, but then there's another area. I mean, it, it keeps evolving and it is shocking how quickly they do evolve. And we work really well with our international partners. We look to see what crimes or how the methods are being uh, utilized in, in Europe, England, South, South Africa, because we know it's just a matter of time that uh, what's happening there is gonna happen here. And for whatever the reason, the vehicles that are being stolen in Canada are using technologies to steal the vehicles. Uh, the vehicles, the number one method of theft in in the United States is still vehicles or keys being left in in the ignition or in the vehicle. So we're different. We're we're closer to Europe than the United States is. Uh, again, they're utilizing technology a lot more in Canada to steal vehicles than they currently are in the United States. So it's. Uh, it's again watching those trends and patterns, making as we become aware of it, making law enforcement and our, all of our partners and manufacturers aware of the vulnerabilities that we're seeing in other countries, uh, because again, borders and uh, rules, regulations do not apply to the criminals. Uh, they will take whatever advantage they can and uh, and, and uh, take advantage of that and uh, put it to their to their uh, benefit.
1: I have to admit I'm still surprised when I see vehicles running and someone's just run in somewhere or at a gas station. And I think that's the most basic thing in the world is turn off your car and lock it. And Tesla's are supposed to be steel proof. They're figuring those out as well because they're watched every second. I feel like we spend so much money. Well, Okay, here's a question I wanted to ask you. On the last top 10 list, we were talking about Lexus because Lexus, uh, the 350 and 450 is notoriously easy to steal. And then this year, it's finally plummeted. They figured it out. Do you know what Lexus did? Or is Lexus saying what they did? Or is that just an example of somebody sick of being on the list who actually did what I think all manufacturers can do, which is make changes to make them less stealable?
0: Yeah, and this gets into the conversation about being aware of how vehicles are being stolen and uh, the cooperation that we do have with with, uh, with manufacturers, the um, manufacturers that are able to make a tweak. And again, whatever adjustments that they make, uh, they're all aware that uh, they'll look, the criminals will look for ways to bypass that. So it's always a bit of a back and forth, but it's really that conversation. That uh, when vehicles are spiking of a particular uh, make and model, uh, working with those manufacturers, uh, identifying the vulnerabilities, um, and uh, hopefully you start to see decreases like like the one that you just mentioned.
1: So manufacturers, are they finally, I know someone that had three Land Rovers stolen, an insurance uh, professional I, I know, three of the same vehicles stolen within about three months and then replaced. So are manufacturers going to come on board and go, Hey, this is not cool that we have to keep replacing these. Are you getting more cooperation from them? And I don't, I don't mean to spin that as a negative, but are they, are they going to come and hold back some of this?
0: Yeah. I mean, and again, it comes back to the, to the relationship that we have with the uh, manufacturers association. Um, They are very uh, progressive in trying to find an approach getting their uh, manufacturers that they represent to uh, to work along and look for these solutions. As I mentioned, they too were part of the, uh, the Peel Regional uh, Auto Theft Summit that was organized by Peel Regional Police and the Peel Regional uh, Police Services Board. And uh, it, it, it's it's that communication, having multifaceted, multi-agency, multiple groups, everybody doing their part, That uh, from consumer to manufacturer and everybody in between uh, Mm -hmm. law enforcement, uh, CBSA, everybody working together. uh, Hopefully we will start to see some uh, a shift in the trend that we're starting or we're currently seeing now.
1: One last question. If my car is stolen, I've done all the stuff right. Everything I can. I look out. It's gone. What do I do? I call police. Are they going to care if it's not a fancy new one? Like I've got an old caravan in the driveway, the surf truck. Are they going to care if that's stolen? What what role is what role is police at with these crazy numbers?
0: Where do they start? Yeah, and, and they, they they do care, and uh, they have different things on a go. So there's different answers to that. And I do want to I do want to say that just if your vehicle's not on the top ten list, it doesn't mean that you should sit back and not take the same precautions because there's different reasons why different vehicles are stolen. There's still old even older vehicles have a have a have a part in this game because a lot of the vehicles that are being stolen that are older are being stolen for their parts so they'll strip them down sell them piece by piece and make significant amounts of money that way some of these vehicles are being used as crime vehicles commit other crimes and it doesn't necessarily need to be a flashy new vehicle um so then then we get into the newer vehicles where they're being stolen because of the vehicle that they are. So um, there is a market for those. There's many of them. They're quality vehicles. They're highly sought after, uh, and they're on the list of, uh, of vehicles that are that the uh, the criminals want. So it, it's really um, we work very closely with law enforcement. Um, they tend to. Look at the organized crime side of it, which is which is great because I mean that's that's largely who's behind a lot of these thefts. Um, and then obviously they like to gather the intelligence. That's why it's so important for consumers. If they see something suspicious, they might think that their information isn't valuable. But when uh, that person calls in and say they saw a certain vehicle that was driving their neighborhood or walking through or driving through the mall, it looked like they were putting what might have been an Apple AirTag on a vehicle, that is all very, very useful information, very good intelligence. And what you, when you put that one little piece of information together with a whole lot of other people's information and information that uh, law enforcement are able to generate themselves, uh, that's where we start to really build some very good um, profiles in, 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 uh, in investigations that uh, hopefully can lead us to some of these organized crime groups that are behind this and uh, make uh, make make a difference and uh, and prevent some of these types of thefts.
1: Yeah. I, I like that whole idea of keeping your eyes open. And I like having a dash cam to catch fraudulent stuff. I haven't yet. I can't wait, but <laughs> <laughs> I know everyone wants to be a superhero. Uh, Brian, you've been terrific. This has been a lot of really good information on a really uh, blistery topic it makes me crazy that wraps up this edition of the driving podcast I'm Lorraine Sommerfeld I'd like to thank my guest Brian Gasp. I hope we've answered some of your questions and given you some tips and some things to think about for keeping your ride safe subscribe to the driving podcast through iTunes Spotify or your favorite player and check out our previous episodes thank you so much Brian we'll talk again soon
2: If, like me, you live life in four-wheel drive while brushing your teeth with rough-cut pine lumber, you'll want to listen to the Truck Guy podcast from driving.ca. The Truck Guy podcast is presented by driving.ca's Matthew Guy. I'll host a new expert guest every episode to talk about pickup trucks and 4x4s. Ride shotgun as I explore truck-related topics ranging from towing and overlanding, the latest models and their hot new features produced right here in canada the truck guy podcast is your dirt road ride to fresh inside takes on the latest truck news test drives how to tips and just maybe a dose or two of high octane opinion join me to explore the best that canada has to offer for off-road wheeling towing and hauling camping and a bit of truck based diy (laughs) beds aren't just for sleeping they're for hauling dirt towing trailers and just about any other work or recreation task you can think of. The Truck Guy Podcast is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you download your favorite audio program.